0: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce, and today we are going to geek out, and we're going to have fun, and it's going to be a high energy and hopefully entertaining, uh, but I've got Raba Rahill on the podcast. I mentioned geek out because that's actually where we met was at an event called yep. Geek Out, but Raba is the CMO of Triple Whale. Now, If you've been around the D2C space at all all over the last couple of years, you've heard of Triple Whale. Uh, And if you're not very familiar, you're going to get familiar on this podcast. We're going to talk about one of the hottest, most hotly contested topics in marketing, and that's multi-touch attribution. Or another way of saying it is just how do we make sense of the data and what platforms are telling us and what GA is telling us, and then how do we make decisions on all of this? What is the truth? We want the truth when it comes to David and Rob's <laughs> going to help us there. You can't and so, handle the truth. Uh, of course. <laughs> you, can't, you can't handle the truth. I, I love that. Uh, so, man, you, you got a rich background. You were in the agency world. You worked mm-hmm. for Whole Foods. You did some stuff with Oprah yep. when you were doing agency. So give us like the 30-second the Raba background. Why are you such a, a rock star in this, in this space?
1: Well, I, I appreciate that laudatory uh, introduction. I can assure you I am not as rock starry as laudatory. this beautiful man Anybody over here, uses Brett. uses the but... word
0: laudatory, he yeah. <laughs> deserves a lot of law than phrase it. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I originally, uh, I went to school for economics. Uh, at one point in time, I actually wanted to be an investment banker. Um, so I studied that, and then I uh, shadowed some investment bankers, and I very quickly realized I did not want to be <laughs> an investment banker and like mortgage all my twenties. Um, so I got really nerdy. Yeah, I got really into uh, websites, uh, building websites, uh, AWS stuff photography, just super, super nerdy stuff. Um, then I had the epiphany that you can actually charge people more money if you make them money versus if you make them a cash register. So I would build people these gorgeous websites. Um, and then they would come to me, he's like, is it broken? What's going on? It's like, no, your business just sucks. And so that was really my first shifting into trying to make money. Um, I had a really wonderful friend. She was a, a, a incredible yogi, uh, had a huge Instagram following, and we ended up doing an ebook together. So I photographed the ebook, designed the ebook, um, and then we sold it through her website, which I built, and then I ran Facebook ads against it. And this was back in the day where you could do some pretty awesome retargeting with Instagram. And she was like, again, not like massive, but she was maybe you know 500,000, 750,000 followers, like a substantial amount of people. Um, and we just started printing money, and so that was. Yeah, that was that was my, my my first foray into marketing. And then I just kind of started scaling up. Uh, like you said, I, I did a stint at uh, Whole Foods, shot out a uh, really, really great place to work. Um, it just wasn't my jam. I was actually there right before the Amazon acquisition. So the day I got hired, the Amazon acquisition was like literally the previous day. So it was a really interesting wow. dynamic in the sense of um, you had this like really hippie corporate company, like buy your gut stuff. And then you have like the most ruthless, cor- not most ruthless in a pejorative sense, but just very data-driven company. So it was a very
0: unique machine there. Not a lot of perks. Like they're just cost-cutting like crazy. Oh. Like it's always it was always interesting to me. I've I've gone to some Amazon offices, like the Amazon HQ, and you compare yeah. that to like Google offices. I've been to several Google yeah. offices too, and then they're a different world. Like Amazon is... Efficiency, cost-cutting. It's still beautiful, but yeah, it's it's a different... Exactly. It's not not a hippie culture for sure.
1: Um, the other thing, and then, so from Whole Foods, I went to agency life. Like you said, I worked for a really great agency at a flat iron. They're amazing. We did a lot of app install ads, which was really, uh, I had never cut my teeth there. I've done Legion and D2C, but not really app install ads. Um, so that was really interesting. I learned about, uh, MMPs. We used apps flyers, So you had to aggregate all this data to make sure what's going on. So that was a really interesting, uh, it really, um, made me understand the efficacy of aggregating data and understanding data across multiple channels, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So that was really helpful. And then from that, I did uh, my own agency, which was awesome, running my own business. Uh, It was great. I loved it. I printed money. I um, had a very unique model where basically we just partner with companies from like 10 to 20, 25 million and helping them get to the next level. An easy way to describe it was like a mini CMO where I could sit across their whole marketing department if I needed to deploy ads, I could. But it was really people that um, just didn't know what they're doing, but had a really great product market fit and just had a ton of velocity in the business. So how could we scale them up? Um, Met AJ and Max on Twitter. And then um, last August, I uh, came on board for a honeymoon period. And then after that, in September, I came on full time CMO. and. As I say, the rest is history. It has been an incredible, incredible uh, ride so far, but it is uh, early stage startup is definitely not for um, the faint of heart. And I mean, it's to put it in perspective, yeah, I, I was running the marketing department by myself. Essentially, uh, up until March, so almost six months of writing the <laughs> newsletter, deploying paid media, Facebook ads, Google ads, running the social account,
0: podcast, like yeah,
1: podcasting. Something. I was actually editing the podcast. I, I mean, what? it was candidly, That's it was nuts. too much. It was too much. Yeah. It wasn't the path, but it helped build the foundations um, that got us to where we are now. So it was definitely yeah. worth it. But I don't know if I would sign up. It sign up for it again. <laughs> That's kind of the yeah. the interesting yeah. part of not knowing. You can kind of Dude, get it's like, more sure, done Sure, it sounds
0: really fun. Editing podcast <laughs> sounds great. Well, got to tip hat to, to you, man. You've done an amazing job, and the podcast that you the, your, uh, that you host is great. The name of your podcast, and I, I love it. I don't know who named it. Uh, but kudos to whoever did is you are not your row and, yeah. uh, it's so good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm more, more than my <laughs> ROAS. this is a, yeah, it's such a freeing, uh, phrase, but, uh, that, that's super awesome. So how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh,
1: we, we did what a hundred episodes so far. So we have, uh, or not a hundred, a hundred in total. So we have, uh, you're not your row where it's similar to this where we bring on really interesting yeah. people, kind of that talking head stuff. And then we have another one that I host with uh, Ash Mawani, the CMO of our Avi, and we bring... That's more tactical than right. DTC hitters. Um, but we've had um, like 30 ad spends, and I think I've done a little over 50 uh, uh, ROAS. So yeah, it's nice. been... Yeah, uh, uh, enough to know that things need fixed sometimes. And but at the end of the day, just getting started for people, man. Like if you yeah. go look at some yeah. of the biggest podcasts and go look at their first podcast, like like Rogan's first podcast or all these other, yeah. Just get started, people. You just like, gotta you start. Get, totally gotta yeah. start
0: showing up is a huge part of success. And and you're never gonna get better until you just do it. And you got to be. One I of couldn't the agree suck. with you more. Your first time, and so yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so what I'd like to dig into a little bit, uh, I wanna. I want to kind of get into some, some some juicy stuff right out of the gate. But first, because okay. uh, uh, this is pretty juicy too, uh, Triple Whale. Like you guys are, how many years old are you? Because I, I was hanging out with Max and AJ, and I'll tell a quick story in a minute. I think at like the very beginning of Triple Whale, or maybe they, maybe they were kind of working on behind the scenes, but it, it was not huge at the time. And now it's massive. I can't turn around without either one of our clients using Triple Whale or people talking about Triple Whale. But yeah. how many years old is Triple Whale?
1: So we started again, pretty much early, uh, call it Q2 of uh, 2022, or no, excuse me, 2021. So it's a little bit over a year old, but really it's almost just a year old because our big inflection point was when we launched uh, the triple pixel and then gave people like, there's, there's kind of a bunch to it, but candidly like successful businesses are lucky have great timing and a great product. Like like that's yeah, really what yeah. makes it. So we really got lucky. The market was great very, timing. very receptive. Exactly. And then like product. if we, candidly, if Triple Whale launched like two years ago or earlier, like you could still drive within platform metrics. There just wasn't this need. And when people's businesses are blowing up, they're much more apt to see if something can help them versus when things are going good, it's really hard to sell somebody a tech stack. Yep.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so interestingly enough, so we did a, a a YouTube LA event. So at the Spruce Goose YouTube LA offices, Howard Hughes built these facilities, you know, back in the whenever that was. The, you know the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. was in called the about guy. Howard Hughes. So the the hangar Google now owns that. So we did this YouTube event there, and I was I was speaking. Talking about how to how to build your brand with YouTube ads. And I met Max and AJ. Max and AJ were there. No, well, I didn't. Yes. So I've got pictures, I'll show you. Uh, we had a photographer coming. So he has like pictures of me chatting up with these guys. But they were there for one of their D2C brands. And then later, like Max emailed me this, I don't remember when this was like, hey, we're kind of working on this like data thing. You should check it out. And so like I saw the early, early uh, stages of, of Triple Whale. Uh, but then, man, you guys have just exploded. And like, like I mentioned, we've got clients that use your platform to get a, a clear picture of their data. Um, so I wanna, I've got all kinds of attribution stuff I want to talk about. Uh, but first, you guys also have a really inside look at ad spend. And I think this yeah. is one of those interesting things. What are the trends you're seeing, right? Because everybody's talking about, hey, you got to be on TikTok. And, you know, at the end of 2022, I heard people saying, well, we're going to reduce our Facebook ad spend. Or I saw predictions that people are going to pull back on Facebook. Uh, but what, what, are, what are you guys seeing in the, in the data in terms of spend? Yeah, absolutely. And how many stores are you guys tracking? Because that, that's an important part of this equation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So before I go into that, I have to, every time Howard Hughes comes up, he's just one of the craziest characters ever. So I have crazy, to tell this crazy, crazy, ha- crazy Howard Hughes story. So Howard Hughes, for people that don't know, who's this big business, con- like, magnate, but the end of the day, he was basically inherited a lot of his business from his. It was dad. from his dad. You
0: know his dad was the business dad. mind, exactly. and he just yeah lived off of that. it just
1: yeah well he just fell ass backwards into or, uh, just super success. It was like but he he, so he was trying to run his businesses into the ground, and he would just print money. Anyways, the too long didn't read. It's a crazy story, but one of my favorite stories of his was um, he didn't gamble, and he became a recluse uh, later in his life and he went to Vegas and because he didn't gamble and he was recluse he rent I forget the hotel but he rented out I think it was the desert or something I can't remember but he rented out the top two floors which are essentially were like all the VIP rooms and Vegas, for people that don't know, the hotels don't make money from the actual hotel rooms. They make money from people going downstairs and gambling. And he wasn't gambling, and his whole security staff is Mormon, and the Mormons don't gamble either. And so after, like, the first month of staying there, the hotel person is like, Hey, dude, uh, I like you, but we need these rooms for VIPs to spend money. And he's like, No, 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 no. So eventually, the guy's like, All right, dude, you're out. We're going to kick you out. We need these rooms. And so you know what he does? buys the hotel just so he doesn't have to leave. So that is like what a gangster move there.
0: Anyways, that's when, I, you, I, know, that's when you know you've got like a money. You talked about printing money. money earlier. Like this dude was printing money thanks to his dad who built a real business, was <laughs> just a cash too... cow. Yeah, but well, that's hey, what, you what want the stories. I'm stuff. gonna buy it. What a gangster yeah. move.
1: Um, right. Yeah. So right now we are tracking uh, a little bit over six thousand stores, actually probably closer to seven thousand stores in 53 countries. Um, we're getting pretty close to almost 10% of Shopify's GMV. That's gross merchant volume. For people that don't know, essentially dude. a fancy term Dude. for revenue um so proper proper data shop set. gmv
0: yeah it, it's That's pretty insane, it's, it's a lot Kudos it's to a you. lot awesome.
1: yeah it's a lot um, and so the big trends that we're seeing is kind of counterintuitive what everybody was saying um, meta's back meta's still by far the biggest ad spend that we see across all of our clients um, Google has exploded as well. Again, it's uh, orders of magnitude less than Meta still, but it's still a substantial amount. Um, definitely off the back of PMAX from what I've heard, people are just having. And, and you yep. can talk to this as well, Brett. But it's just it's been PMAX.
0: across the board. Yeah, it's been doing well.
1: Everybody's seeing some really good results there. Um, the tertiary channel for most people is TikTok. Um, candidly, TikTok has fallen. It, it's still on this hyper-stick growth, but it's still really, really small and In 2022, we had some people get up to almost, they would uh, leapfropped Google in terms of the uh, marketing mix. Um, But what we've found is people have, I won't abandon this too much of a pejorative, but people have really migrated away from heavy TikTok spend because... um, the ads just die really quick and they don't give you any warning and so you could be sending so we had people like our, I think the biggest spender we had was spending upwards of 50k a day on TikTok um that was the most i'd ever seen and they just couldn't do it anymore cuz one day would be incredible and then the next day everything died and that all that money was just basically burnt up and so all things being equal they would rather have a successful ad on Facebook that could live for 3 months, 6 months, sometimes a year versus TikTok you you didn't get it there um then you had Pinterest comes in right under TikTok, um, pretty close to it in spend, but definitely not in terms of year over year growth. Um, and then um, Evan Spiegel's just laughing all the way to the bank. But uh, Snapchat is uh, it is as close to defunct as a uh, ad spend channel as you get across our Super data. Where it, yeah, there's just not a lot of people putting any money into Snap.
0: Yeah, I don't hear anybody talking about Snap right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my teenagers use it, they like it, but I don't know anybody that's spending money there, right? And so, yep. and this is a unique data set, right? This is a big data set, 6,000 stores, almost 7,000, 10% yep. of Shopify's GMV, which is crazy. Uh, so the, but these are D2C stores, and these are not necessarily Correct. enterprise D2C stores. These that's are, a very good point. Uh, e-commerce stores that are growing, and, and you're know, doing multiple millions, lots of them, and, and beyond, but not like you know, you're not, you're not getting data from walmart.com or that, that type that's of a, thing. Yeah.
1: So that's a really good point. Um, our data set. So our biggest clients are around that 400, 500 million dollar year run rate. So definitely not yep. small, but to your point, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of like a new term. It's almost like D 2 C enterprise. Cause like yeah. a half a billion yeah. dollar run rate is nothing, but like, it, or it's not nothing, but it's not to your point, a Walmart, a target, a bet. Right. Like, these are proper balance sheets. That's what I would consider enterprise. But so, um, but to really color in the lines, about a mil, if you think of a bell curve, the first inflection point is about a million, and the second inflection point is about 50 million. So that's the bulk yeah. of our users are, are in that one million to 50 million dollar a year run rate. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good caveat that you made there. That's a, that's a great point.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because I think if you look at like who who drives the most ad revenue globally. You know, Google's got a, a decent lead, but yep. Facebook is is a close second. Yep. And then Amazon's actually third, right? And then everybody else is is way below that. And that but Amazon ads your, business, your growth <laughs> mix, like Meta is the it's the winner, right? That's where people are spending the most money. And and we don't manage uh, Meta at OMG Commerce. We're a Google, YouTube, Amazon, and email shop. But I I love that it's doing well. Like I, I think every everything does better. We do better when Facebook is yep. working. I'm, I'm glad Yeah. I'm glad. Absolutely. I, I did. Interestingly enough, I was at a, a traffic conversion summit. Ryan Dice was speaking. He interviewed like 10,000 marketers. He was showing some data. He said, hey, you know, what are the three channels you plan to spend more on next year? What are the three channels you spend, plan to spend less on next year? And the number one channel to spend less on next year was Meta. And uh, I'm afraid, and then, no, no, no shame on Ryan Dice. He asked people yeah. and he just relayed the answer. Yeah. But everybody was lying or everybody changed their mind because <laughs> yeah. people are spending money on Meta again. And oh, yeah. uh, and YouTube was actually the like number three. I'm going to spend more money here. TikTok was the number one. Anyway, interesting times for sure. So, in, any any other insights that you have from from all that spend data? Yeah, any other I trends mean, or any other uh, points of interest? The big things are. It,
1: it's kind of corny and it's kind of a little bit elementary, if you will. But sometimes there's a there's a great stoic line that uh, people need to be reminded rather than informed. Um, And so really what we're seeing is people that have great economics. So they have margin to play with Um, people that have a really, really strong community and people that have a um, really strong uh, retention game. So whether that be Clavio or attentive SMS postscript, what have you. Um, And again, it's not like seismic shifting or like, is this going to change people's minds? But Candidly, it's just what we're seeing. Like the fundamentals are fundamentals for a reason, and so like those are those are what we're seeing the businesses grow on. So like uh, you know, it just this is what it is. Make sure you have a community. Make sure that your retention game is really strong, and then understanding kind of your your metrics and understanding the economics of your business are really kind of what's driving the the biggest growth in across all of our users.
0: I love it. I actually just posted on Twitter about this the other day where. You know, we don't want to get obsessed. Although you should look at it and analyze it. Are you know lowering our CAC or rising, you know, increasing our ROAS important? But but though, you know, ad costs are always going to go up. Competition is always going to be shifting, changing, and increasing over time, right? Yep. What you should look at is how can I raise my AOV, right? And that and yep. that happens by building a good brand and having a good community, and having a good product. How can I raise my lifetime value? That that goes into retention and your email and your SMS. You know, how can I increase my conversion rate? And that goes into Branding and having the right messaging and like all these components go in there. So like focus and obsess on those things, and and that's what I think is going to be the trend going forward. Is like these little hacks, little wins, little tricks, tips, whatever. Yep. Like it's going to be good brand building, and then just using your platforms and your data to the best of their ability. That's that's where people are going to win. So yep. um So well put. A quick, note, uh, a quick note on TikTok, and and I love what you said there because we've. Like, we've, we've even kind of felt the pull like, maybe we should start offering TikTok. Everybody's asking for TikTok. But I, then I started observing, right? Because and we, and we get to see inside of Triple Whale and other platforms and mm-hmm. stuff. Some of our biggest advertisers they were, they were going hard on TikTok, but it was yep. still only like 7% of their ad spend, yep. 8% of their ad spend, couldn't really go beyond that profitably. And so then it's like, well, that's important, but man, if you got. Only so much time in the day. You should spend your time on on Facebook and Google, and that's that's uh, what's going to move the needle. TikTok's fun, but you know, uh, I, mean, uh, for
1: me. I don't uh, like it. No, I mean I couldn't agree with you more, and that that's exactly again anecdotally as well as quantitatively through the data is exactly what we saw where all the big spenders yeah. are just like, it's way better to get a winner on Facebook than it is TikTok. The caveat cool. I will give you there is there are certain things that can do well on TikTok in terms of virality, but usually they're at the lower price points. So you're talking about like under $50 AOV kind of yeah. impulsive purchases type of stuff. But like I would push back on that and say like, that's not that it's quote unquote, not a business, but it's more akin to like a, a drop shipper mentality than it is building a brand and creating value for your users that you can then have to your point, like an LTV play of like, I acquire somebody for X, but I know in a year I'm going to get Y dollars out of them. Um, So just kind of throwing that out there that I'm not saying TikTok is totally defunct, but people that are building a yep. brand that have actual economics in terms of, you know, um, real price points, not down at these kind of uh, impulse purchases um, have had a lot of headwinds to deal with.
0: Yeah. And, and I'd love to clarify that. I'll clarify too. This is not an anti-TikTok rant. It's just more of a yeah. understand where TikTok should likely fit for you in your marketing yep. mix. So we'll and yep. Facebook and Google and YouTube, they're going to be the big dogs almost certainly. TikTok has its place, but, you know, maybe it's 10% of your ad spend. Um, probably not not going to be 50% of your ad spend for any large advertiser uh, anytime so. um, And just to wrap that up. Yeah, please.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say like the 10% of that ad spend might cost you like 30 to 40% of resources to make sure that ad spend can perform. And so that's where you start to get into some real conflict of like dude, I'm only going to spend X amount of dollars on this. Why aren't I putting those resources where I'm spending $5 million on Facebook and I'm spending 50 a month on TikTok? Like, why am I putting another 50 grand to spend 50 grand where I could put 50 grand to spend 5 million? Like, the math just stopped. The math just don't math.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know, you, you said it with, like with the Facebook creatives. You have creatives that can last several months or up to a year. And like we see that on YouTube a lot. Like Boom, Boom by Cindy mm-hmm. Joseph Ezra's Company. We had some winners where, where each of them lasted about a year, right? And so like we we hammered that video for a long, long time. That's pretty fun. That that's and that's not resource intensive when you do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it totally. totally lasts a day or a couple of days or whatever. So um, awesome. Well, let's let's do this i want to talk about you know some misconceptions misunderstandings mm-hmm. that people have when it comes to multi-touch attribution and trying to make sense of what does the customer journey look like what's moving the needle where i need to spend more money less money that type of thing uh but maybe maybe first like if if it's interesting or if you have a, a unique take on this how do you guys define or look at multi-touch attribution um yep. or how do you do it differently maybe and then and let's get into the some of the, the misconceptions Yeah. So,
1: uh, ultimately without getting too much in the weeds, we're looking at a bunch of really unique identifiers. Like for example, um, we'll store somebody's battery charge or something, and then you can do some, some really weird metadata stuff that's, you know, borderline creepy, but helps you make more money. So Mm -hmm. there you go there. Um, but candidly, attri- or multi-touch attribution is still still a really hard nut to crack in terms of making sure that that's a hundred percent. And th- the other thing too that you get into is attribution. Is, so there's something called an asymptote where it's basically two lines that will never touch, but they're always coming closer and closer together until they just get infinitely close, but they'll never touch. That's kind of how attribution is, how I yeah. see it, anyways. Where yeah. it's just totally never going to be a hundred percent. And yep. so, like, if you come in with that expectation, the nice is, it's I don't incorrect.
0: Think that's the point. I, I think that's, that's, exactly. that's maybe that, one of the misconceptions. I'm stealing your thunder potentially here, but like the point of multi-touch attribution isn't to get it exactly right, because it'll never be right. And to, and to mm-hmm. use, a, I think this is a great analogy. So I used to do offline marketing, like TV, radio, print, stuff like that. It was kind of fun. Yep. But if you were to if you were to approach a customer that just bought Nike shoes, and you said, well, okay, well, what, what did it for you? Was it the TV ad? Was it the billboard? Was it the magazine ad? The person would be like, well, I, I don't know. I just wanted to buy it. I don't know. What did it like? So, there's not really a way to say what what moved the needle fully. We can get really pretty close, um, you know, with with online stuff, but you'll never fully know, and that's okay. Yep.
1: yeah and so essentially to wrap that up in a bow is the the multi-touch attribution stuff is really really important. It's awesome. We do it, um, but ultimately you're going to want to look at different attribution models to your point. And so um, there's first click, right? Like, okay, I invited Brett to the party. He was the first person that heard about the party. Okay, cool. Well, John actually drove Brett to the party. Okay, great. But Sally actually got money from Brett at the door for the party. Who do you give credit to for getting the money? You know, well, is it the person that invited you? Is it the person that brought you or is the person that took your money? And so the, 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 answer is to your point, like what do you want to derive from that? And so that's really where we give people a bevy of different attribution options. First click, last click fractional linear. If you want to spread it across and not getting too nerdy in attribution models, but that's ultimately the whole point of having different attribution models is do you want to see who's the best at bringing people to the party? Right. You want to see the best is inviting people to the party. You want to see the best is getting people, getting money from people at the party. And then you can start to really, uh, level up the sophistication in terms of how you're deploying your paid media because if you're just operating on last click so we run a SaaS company which is totally different than d2c but if you looked at our analytics you would say why aren't you spending more on google search google search is closing all this deal for you you're like well is it like, you know, that we have a ton of brand equity. We have a ton of these things. And so it's like, not to say that Google search isn't important and you shouldn't have it in your um, marketing mix, but there's a certain aspect of like thinking through like to your point, that customer journey and what's going on and then understanding what attribution model is useful to derive the data you're looking for is to me more of the show than saying, Hey, we need this perfect multi-touch attribution solution that tracks everybody through the, like, it's just fantasy world, and it also gives you a misrepresentation of what's actually causal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so good, and and I love that. I love that party analogy, by the way, uh, because yeah, if you were to look at that and just say like, well, Sally's the one that collected the the money, if I if I remember the name the names right. So let's just yeah, let's just pay Sally. Like, let's get rid of Raba, and let's let's forget about John. And like, eventually, you got nobody at the party, right? And I nobody think, at uh, the party. and I'm a Google Ads guy, right? So I love Google Ads. But yep. you're right, like especially for a, a SaaS company like yours where you got to understand it. And, and it's not like a, you know, a $20 a month thing, right? Like you're making a commitment. It's totally exactly. worth it. It's awesome, but it's not, well I'm not going to just click on a search ad and buy it right away. Probably. Um, but it, yep. it's an important part of the journey. So yeah, you can't just say, well, let's shut everything else off. Let's stop doing podcasts let's stop speaking at events and stop doing other stuff. And let's just do Google ads. That would not work for your business, right? You would slow down tremendously. Yep. So, uh, really, really good. What, what are some of the we already talked about one misconception of trying to get you know perfect data because it doesn't exist. But what are some of the big misconceptions that that, that that trip people up and keep them from being successful with their attribution?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good question. I think the biggest thing is people think they need to be everywhere and across all channels. So I would recommend really trying to so there there's something called product market fit that i'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar to familiar with but uh, i like to think of things as well as channel product fit where finding the channel that really resonates so i'm sure for you like there's a ton of people that you could just absolutely print money through youtube ads that probably wouldn't succeed so much on facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or something like that. And so I would say, especially if you're in that kind of one to 20 million kind of range where you're in terms of run rate or you're, you know, you're spending like maybe a million dollars a month or below or something like that really master a channel and really master your email SMS and retention before you start to be everywhere. Cause when you get everywhere, it can one Complicate the party analogy, right? Where you, you have this omni-channel that you have to track, but then two, it makes experimentation even harder. It it just spins up complexity, and I think you should keep things as simple as possible for as long as possible. Complexity is really easy to introduce. If you want to go across all channels, it's super easy to do. But I think being impactful across a specific set of channels versus I t- to your point, like you're talking about where people, I need to be on TikTok, blah blah blah. Sure, it's fun testing. What have you, but I've been, I've seen people that have way more success. Um, really st- ratcheting down, finding that channel product fit, and then really drilling down into that channel. And then once that channel starts to hit a ceiling, but I mean, for example, for you, this is why it's a, you're in such a great business. Like the ceiling on YouTube is so high. I would argue it's one of the highest ceilings. It's huge. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's huge. the, the, so the inventory
0: s- is almost limitless. Yeah, it's it's massive, and and really every age group is there, right? I've got I've got teenagers they're there my my dad just turned 73 like he uses youtube for stuff and it's not it's not slowing down in any way so it's it's massive yeah
1: so that would be i guess my kind of like misconception is you don't need to be everywhere be a specialist before you're a generalist and so figure out what that channel product fit is figure out how you can hammer that and then really to your point um back that up with a really strong retention game because paid media is expensive. And so it's you really want to bring that new blood Absolutely. in with that paid media. And then you want to close with much cheaper channels such as uh, SMS, email, community, things of that nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought up simplicity. I was actually just, just chatting with a buddy of mine. We, we recorded a podcast too, but we talked about, I think it was the uh, Da Vinci said that uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, ultimate right? Which sophistication. just sounds cool and yeah. sounds really smart, but, but it's like we 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 have a tendency we want to get create, make things complex, right? Well, I need more data. Just throw more data at me, and then something will make sense, <laughs> right? Or let's just let's just be everywhere, right? Because that's what customers want. Yeah, it's probably better to be simple. Yep. Like let's be strategic. Let's 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 be. In the places that have that channel market fit channel product channel product fit and then double down on that um and then let's not get all the data points but let's get clear data and let's look at actionable data that we can look at and make decisions based on and and so uh, so let's talk about that what what are some of the things that that what are some of the ways you guys are demystifying or, or making data clear for people and if you have any examples you know that'd be awesome
1: Yeah. So one of the the biggest things, and it's our most used feature, is um, our dashboard. So it's available on mobile as well, which is pretty cool. So you can have any metric anywhere, anytime. Um, And it's holistic as well. So um, it's your total business. So we have a lot of blended metrics. So in terms of blended ad spend. Um, And then we also have an interesting thesis called three ROAS to rule them all, where we essentially have these three different ROAS. So when you're deploying paid media, there's three things you care about. You care about effectiveness, efficiency, and profits. Those are the three things that, that essentially drive your business. And so we have a metric called uh, MER or blended ROAS or whatever your preference is. But ultimately, that's your effectiveness heuristic. It's How effective like total are my sales
0: ads? from all channels, total ad spend. Yep. So you're looking at yeah this global Bingo. picture.
1: Yeah. And so what's nice about that is you can say for every ad dollar spent, I'm driving. So if your uh, Murr is a 10, just for every ad dollar spent, I'm driving $10 in revenue. Fantastic. The challenge there is if you only concentrate on MER or your blended ROAS, you get into that party analogy where you're only playing, paying the last click person and then there's nobody mm-hmm. at the party. And so that person's trying to collect money from people that are no longer there. Right. So that way, that's why we created a second heuristic for your efficiency. So this is called new customer ROAS. And so Shopify bifurcates their customers into new and returning. What we're doing is taking the new customer revenue divided by your total ad spend. And so that's going to give you your efficiency heuristic. So you understand how much of new customer revenue are you bringing in compared to how much you're spending. Um, and then the last metric that we use, uh, again, the profitability heuristic is going to be your gross profits divided by your uh, total ad spend. And so you can understand, am I putting the ad spend behind the right products to generate profit for my company? Because what can happen is um, not every dollar is created equal. And so ideally you are only putting paid media behind high margin, high velocity products because there's just doesn't make a lot of sense to have all this revenue and you don't take any of it home.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I love breaking that down, looking at the ROAS, for new versus returning right because those those should be quite different right it's more expensive to get a new yep. customer and you don't want to overpay to get a returning customer and so so breaking that down exactly uh, is really really good so that that's all fantastic what what are some of the new features new things you guys are launching that you're really excited about
1: yeah so we just uh just launched our amazon integration which was really awesome Dude, so we were, we're bringing we were in all of, there, of your sales there, there's, there's definitely oh, yeah. a
0: roar going on at the omg commerce offices i mean yeah. a lot of us are remote now but so we're like Amazon, it's here. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was a big one for us again, having that visibility in real time to understand how much you're spending on Amazon, how much you're making, and then how does that blend into your Shopify, um, which is is really important. So again, having that holistic view and really um, it, it's definitely helpful for the media buyers um, yeah, totally. and people that are deploying the paid media, but really awesome as the owner operator to understand exactly where your business is at, not only in terms of revenue, in terms of across channels, but also profits because we do do profit tracking. So the Amazon was a big one. Um, we have some really cool stuff that we're doing with AI. So right now we have uh, internal testing, uh, a generative AI. So we're scraping all of your reviews, your website, your past ads, everything. And then you tell us the product or the SKU, and then we'll do all that. And we'll actually make the ad for you in terms of the, the creative, the headline, the copy. Um, and so that's kind of our big bet right now is that we want to give tools – or we want to give like the media buyers and strategists augmentations where they can start to really either refine that product. Um, and so we'll get that, that blank kind of slate problem goes away where we give you something. So I think there's a few there's like zero to one creators and then there's like shapers slash iterators. And uh, I think that the yeah. zero to one creators are very rare and really yeah. expensive. But if I can give you an iteration and you understand your brand, you're like, Hey, I don't like this, but I like this and I change this and I can get you 80% of the way there for 20% of the cost. I, I mean, that's, that's almost quintessential disruption theory of like, it's not perfect. Like, all things being equal, I'd love this zero to one creator, but one, they're really hard to find. Two, they might not make economic sense versus you can pay 20% of that price, get 80% of the way there, and then you mold it and massage it into like the perfect ad for you. So that that's something that's really exciting to me is kind of that, that augmented uh, media buyer. We have a rules engine that'll kind of fold into that as well. And so I think that's kind of our big bet where media buying will start to get like all the little bells and whistles and levers will start to be abstracted away and it's going to be almost like analogous to like chat GPT yeah, yeah. where it's more about creating the prompt than it is understanding all the things. And so if you mm-hmm. can make better prompts, you're going to get better output and that's kind of where um, we're headed. So that's really exciting to me. Um, what else do we got coming down? Yeah, there, I do like there's that. a lot I
0: think of, that's like one of the, one of the keys to to life right in businesses is, Yep. Learning to ask better questions, right? And so that's that's sort of what the better prompts are. Like, it's not just that I have to do the thing. It's maybe I just need to. How do I ask the the right question to kind of to kind of suss out what I want and, and get the result that I want? And and that's that's super cool. And and I would agree with you. There's a lot of people that are great media buyers or or strategists on their platform or just good marketers where. They could be way more efficient if they weren't creating everything from scratch. So if they're like, if there's a starting point mm-hmm. for different ads or different suggestions, and then we're just tweaking it, uh, I, I, lo- I love that concept. And I really think, and I, I know this is what, what you guys are thinking too, like that's kind of where AI is going to help marketers the most, Same. I think, in the in the near term. It's like, let us get you, let let's, let us help you, so you're not starting from zero, right? And then we can just, then you can yep. improve and enhance, and then go wild on things. So that that is awesome. Yep. So yeah, I think I cut you off though. Any, anything else you're excited about right now?
1: No I mean those are the big ones we have some some really cool stuff in terms of like we're moving to a fancy infrastructure to be able to um, handle people that are over a billion dollars doing crazy transaction flow um, yeah. kind of the more more architectural stuff but uh, kind of to your previous point about AI the way we're thinking about it is almost like the internet where pre like I'm old so p- the kids won't get this reference but like <laughs> people that had the internet and people that didn't have the internet or access to the internet they were just so disadvantaged. yeah. And so I think that's what's going to happen with AI is people that understand to your point, how to ask better questions, how to prompt better people that are using AI to augment their output are just going to have an insurmountable advantage compared yeah. to people that don't. And I think it's going to be very similar to what you saw. Like if you don't have the internet, it's really challenging to compete with, against somebody that does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a super good point. Um, one thing I'll call out too, because I've, I've had the privilege of, of getting kind of front row seats and and, and looking inside of, of Triple Whale. And really I think I think you guys are like top of the class. You're like one of two. Like there there are just a couple of platforms that I really like and really recommend. And you guys are one of them. And one of the things that I like that I think you do better than anybody. Like I've never seen anybody that does this. And this is a simple ish thing, I'm sure it's hard to create, but the creative pilot where you yeah. get in the platform and you can you've got this view. And this is a, a podcast, so it's kind of hard to talk through. But it's just a, like a beautiful way to look at, here are all my creatives and how are they performing? How are they stacking up against each other? Because sometimes it's, it's a pain in the butt, like you're looking at line items, right? Sometimes you're looking in your ad account and you're like, this, looks, this is like looking at my tax return, right? Just all, yeah. you know, all words and stuff. But the creative pilot is super cool. and I think I saw an early version, which may have only been Facebook, because now the creative pilot works for YouTube as well, correct? And TikTok, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, what's really cool about it is um, where the magic meets the road is the, you can make segments and then you can graph those segments against each other and so what do I mean and those segments are built off of naming conventions which is really cool because like for example you guys are an agency and if you take over an account that basically has no naming conventions in place or anything like that you can actually change all those naming conventions without affecting any type of deployment or deliverability for the ads and then you can do a post hoc analysis which is really cool and so what do I mean by that so um, say Brett is selling whale widgets and he has influencer one influencer two influencer three he can easily make segments of those based off the naming convention, you can see what influencer is performing best or angles, right? So you have a price angle, you have a a feature angle, you have a community angle, whatever, however you structure the deployment of your ads and your testing. And you can have a really easy way to uh, not only visualize that, but you can also send a uh, creative report card to whoever the stakeholder is to understand like, hey, here's how X, Y, or Z is doing or here's how that test went or for, so on and so forth. Because I think creative is going to be, I mean, everybody's preaching creative, creative, creative. So it's a little bit, uh, you know, jumping on the bandwagon. But creative is going to be, if you can put better, you know, pardon the war analogy, but better bullets in the gun, you're just going to, you're going to have more success.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we believe that on uh, YouTube. I know it's true on Facebook. It's true with, <laughs> Search—it's true, even with shopping and with with display. Like the 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 better, clearer, more compelling you can get with your your ads, and and all of this comes down to testing and trying things and looking at the data and getting better and iterating. But the yeah, those that can perform better with creatives are are, are going to win. Um, they're going to have a, a yep. huge leg up. So uh, awesome, dude. Well, I'm like nerding out, and I've got so many more questions that I want to ask you. But we are right up against time, so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I looked actually because we're, we're we're about at uh, time I know you got a hard stop. So, um, how can people check out Triple Whale more? How can they find yep. you? Because I know you're active on the socials. Uh, we're not just real life friends; we're Twitter friends. I don't think that's Twitter thing, friends. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so how can they connect?
1: A, a, a current resurgence um, from your yes. uh, your defunct I, Twitter. I, you're I, back I on the horse, I, baby. I Let's go.
0: Snapchat of Twitter, yeah. Snapchat has. Yeah, I took like a ten ten year break on Twitter. I was, that was a big deal <laughs> back. Then. Not really. But I was doing stuff in like 2010 and then I quit or 12, whatever, and Let's back. Let's go. It was good.
1: Well, happy to, happy to have you back. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to get more involved in Triple Whale, it's just triplewell.com, and then shameless plug: we do have a fantastic newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday, called awesome. Whale Mail. You can subscribe right at triplewell.com/slash/whale mail, and then um, I'm just on the Twitters at Robert Rayhill, just my first and last name. Um, yeah, I'm pretty active on there. Slide into my DMs or uh, mention me or anything like that. I try and try and get back to everybody. I'm not in the celebrity status. I am pretty terrible at my DMs, but please DM me anyways. No, I'll, I'll figure out a way. <laughs> DM I, I, and then just my,
0: be patient. Like don't bug him it just you're sliding in there you gotta gotta be patient so exactly uh, i'll I'll link to everything in the show notes as well but do check out triple whale if you don't have a third party attribution tool you need one i really believe that as we go and grow in a privacy first world and all these things like you need a third party attribution tool yeah i do not say that lightly robin did not pay me to say that uh but i but i believe it and so so you gotta check it out so uh I'll, yeah i'll link to everything um and, but the newsletter is fantastic and also check out the podcast so uh the first one is oh, you're, yeah. you're not your row as what what's the other podcast name again um ad spend ad spend so i'll link to those yeah. as well so check those out as well so Rava, man, man this has that. been fantastic thank you so much can't wait to do it again
1: i'm crushed you're not coming to the whaleys i'm i
0: Stakes so through my the Whaley's, heart. I know you got to come to yeah, yeah. The Whaley's in Austin, yeah. Texas. I'm sad. Check it out
1: waylies.com or thewaylies.com, but uh, we'll have you We'll have you out to some more stuff. It'll be fun. I, it's just always a pleasure I got to see you, see you at the gorgeous event everybody uh, gave really high uh, marks on your presentation there. So awesome. it's always good to see you spreading your wings and then uh, good luck at the the B-ball game.
0: Yeah, for, for you and your daughter. Go to the home. Home. I'm coaching my daughter yeah. at a tournament yeah. in Lawrence, Kansas. Go Jayhawks. Uh, it's a high school one game.
1: One bad. of my best friends is from there. Really? Yeah, one of my best friends is from there. So yeah, wishing you all the luck. But Brett, thank you so much, man. I, I know I rescheduled a couple of times, so I really appreciate uh, all the flexibility. You. You're just such a such a gem of a human. And let me know if you're ever out in Austin and we'll, we'll go grab a
0: bite and a beer. Totally worth it. Thanks, dude. All right, really appreciate it. Awesome. We'll chat soon. Thanks, Brett. Bye. And as always, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to uh, let us know what you want to hear more of about on the show, Leave that review on iTunes if you've not done so. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you and now back to the show